and welcome to the Practices Made Perfect podcast, your go-to source for all the latest innovations in marketing, technology, team, culture, and more, geared specifically to independent practice owners and brought to you by DVM Elite, the industry leaders with game-changing strategies and life-changing connections for private practice owners. And probably we're going to be talking about one of the most important topics of our next five years, <laughs> you know, hopefully next two years, but really next five years. And uh, it's one that I've become quite passionate about. It's become a, a focus of my study, a focus on most of every one of our, um, my personal uh, entrepreneurial mastermind discussions uh, that I have with other, um, you know, super interesting entrepreneurs. And so looking forward to sharing that with, uh, with you. On the forum, it's also uh, including Amy, and it's going to be more of a kind of a Q&A discussion rather than uh, really sharing uh, a lot in particular, except I do have a few things up my sleeve uh, for you guys. So before we get started, I'd love for you to just type in, how's the audio? Come in loud and clear, just a Y or an N on the audio. I'd love to hear that. Make sure y'all are there. All right. Hey, Leslie, good to see you. Hey, Randy, what's up? Ed, hey. <laughs> cool. Hey, hey, uh, hey, Beth. All right. Uh, Sherry, good to see you. Thanks for coming. Robin. All right. And Laura. Great, great to see you guys. And I, I would say that you guys feel the responsibility and the burden of your practice. And so I'm really proud of you guys, uh, not, not for taking the time for the session, but to be considering this topic deeply. Hey, Diana. Hey, good to see you. Uh, and before we get started on a serious you know, topic, I'd love to hear a V for value. No, sorry, not value. A V for victory. Uh, what's been a victory for you so far in the past uh, several weeks. I love to hear it. Past couple of weeks. What's a V for victory? What's going well in your world? Just hit me up. Tell me. I, I love to hear it. What you got? A V for victory. Hey, Susan. Susan, good to see you. Uh, Carla, fully staffed. Amen. Good for you, Carla. Yeah, that, that's fantastic. And I, and I, I hope that's going to happen more uh, as that'll be the one silver lining of where we are, as we mentioned on, on our last session. What else? Uh, v for victory. What you got? Come on, give us, give, give it to me. Robin says, fully staffed here too. Well, congratulations. Uh, that's fantastic. Good for you guys. What else? Uh, Susan, hire a new employee. Wow, look at you guys. All about hiring. Oh, what a relief. Uh, what a relief. Uh, Tracy, uh, revenue increase from 2021. Congratulations. Uh, Ed says, uh, increased revenue. Congratulations. Great, uh, especially in this environment. It's going to be uh, continuing difficult. Now, uh, revenue... Mount Everest hit at Toronto just passed in less than six months. Wow. <laughs> wow. Awesome. Uh, congratulations, Leslie. Two excellent staff members through the Dream Team, an RVT and a VA. Congratulations, Leslie. Good. Glad that that team was able to source that for you. And Laura says, fully staffed and keeping everyone busy. All right. So what a turn of events. We've gone from two years of being completely understaffed and being slammed to now being fully staffed and starting to have demand fall off, uh, which is what we should be expecting is gonna happen. So wild times, my friends, <laughs> wild times. I'm, I'm thrilled to be here with you. So with that, uh, over to yourself, Amy. Yeah, just over to you in terms of um, how you wanna structure this and we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, you know, so just coming off the heels of the pandemic, and of course, we're all still navigating through it. It was so reassuring when the pandemic hit to just pull back and to have everyone together and have a real casual conversation about the uncertainties ahead. And so one of the things that I hear so most 
no matter what group that I'm in, is all eyes are on the economy, no matter where you are. And so I thought, why not? Now that we've learned you know, from the past, why not bring it here today in this forum with you to, to dive into that topic? Um, so before we go, say, into preparing for the recession, what I'd like to do is just ask you just a couple questions, just in terms of where we were and really how we got here. So yeah, what's your thoughts on that? Is that to me or is that to Yeah, you? that's to you. <laughs> okay, okay, great. New forum. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's interactive stuff. You know, right. I like it. I like, I like it. it. Um, so, you know, I, I, I mean, I would say, unfortunately, this is clear. And it was very interesting. I was speaking with a brilliant entrepreneur the other day. Um, and, and he asked me, he said, Michael, he said, you know, compared to 2008, how would you rate that on a scale of one to 10? And uh, compared to now. And I said, well, you know, 2008, I would say at the peak of where it was, was a 10. You know, if you remember at that time, the credit, card, the credit markets were totally frozen. Uh, you had Lehman Brothers down. You had, you know, uh, Bear Stearns going next. You had, I think, JP Morgan was going to fall, AIG. I mean, these were the pillars of, of society. Whereas right now, I would say, you know, where we stand today is like a four, you know, out of five. But his response was fascinating. And so we, we kind of, it forced each other to, con to consider the other side of the coin. And he said, that's interesting, because I'd put where we are today at like a 50. And I was like, whoa. And, he said, and his perspective was, you know, 2008 was within a system and within the rules of the system. You know, something just collapsed, and then it, it caused this peripheral damage. Where we are today is almost like the system is broken. You know, there's, there's been so much money that's been printed and put into the economy. All that needs to be taken out. Plus, we have this war. Plus, we have these um, major supply chain shortages. And all of these could converge. And, you know, his, his perspective is like, you know, could this actually, you know, take down the system? Now, he is a European sitting in Europe, which is a lot, has a lot greater uncertainty and threatening around it versus, I mean, us in North America, we're so blessed, by, or not, but so fortunate with um, uh, geographic, geopolitical stability. I mean, even if something goes on in Europe where, you know, we've got oceans that are protecting us, if we were in Europe, I would be, a, you know, it doesn't take much ping-ponging before things are in the back backyard of, of Europe. So quite, I think that's where we are. And I think that we are in an unprecedented time. Uh, and I, I I hope that everyone has been kind of somewhat expecting this from our discussions. We've been several years early, but I think now now it's hitting in a very major way, if that if that is helpful. Yeah, very much. And so as you look back from the pandemic and the lessons learned from business, what can we use maybe what we learned there mm -hmm. uh, through the pandemic into now what we take with us into this next time? Yeah, and, and what was fascinating about um, the COVID pandemic, and it's what I, I shared uh, with the community, and that's my job. My job, my uh, my privilege and burden is to go out and seek the best thinkers in the world and uh, to share it with you guys so you guys can focus on the practice, and my job is to kind of source the ideas. And so um, uh, one fellow mentor that I meet with uh, often, again, in the billionaire category, and when the recession um, hit, and again, we had one, it just bounced back because of all the money printing. I felt like everyone else, this, this fear, this anxiety, this desire to, um, to uh, you know, what do we cut? You know, how are we gonna manage this? And these two, two, two phrases, and I think this is the hallmark of what we need to be thinking about 
uh, plan for the worst, expect the best. So you and I and everyone in our families, um, friends and family, we need to have a worst case scenario plan. In fact, what I was talking about with this entrepreneur is like, what is the worst case scenario plan? And challenging him being in Europe, you know, what does that look like for you? You're in Western Europe, but this is three steps away from you. And he doing the same, you know, for myself. And so what is that worst case scenario plan? Uh, and then the other half of that expression is, but expect the best. So plan for the worst, expect the best. And that, that was one thing that grounded my psychological framework. And then the second thing is, again, what I shared where this fellow said, Michael, I've been through um, you know, nine recessions, I think he said, and every time I have two to five X my businesses. And that just gave me this immense relief and relaxation. And I began to be calm and calculated in the middle of it rather than panicked and running around. And what's interesting is from some polling of general practice owners, the main question that they're coming into this outside the elite community, just as a general market polling, is what do I do with my costs? How do I cut costs? You know, this is the panic. And I'm going to show you some interesting data in a moment that's going to debunk that as the key strategy. But the way that we would intuitively handle this situation, in fact, is either the least powerful or it can accelerate the problem. And in, in flying, there's a concept uh, which is mis misquoted in the general public, but it's fly by the seat of your pants. So in, in, in aviation, small aviation, if um, the feeling of nose diving towards the ground where the airplane is getting faster is the same feeling as actually going up because the gravity pushes you back in the seat. And so if you're not flying strategically and by your instruments, you can in fact be nose diving to the ground feeling like you're going higher in the airplane. Unfortunately, this is what happened to JFK Jr. Uh, in that incident. So in essence, I don't think we can react by gut feel. I think that we need to be smart and strategic as a community. Yeah. Does that make sense, Amy? 100%. Yeah. And I think uh, just going back to the community, because you mentioned just even your mentors and folks that um, you're, you're in think tanks with. And then, of course, we have an amazing community yeah. that, uh, you know, is, is super special. So nobody should go out alone. Right. in these times, right? I mean, yeah. how important is community? Yep. Well, and I guess back to you, you know, how did you see um, that evolve with the community? Um, and what are the lessons learned that we can prepare? I mean, I think we're so lucky. We, we've just had this, we've had the preparation for this two years <laughs> ago, and it just didn't play out. So we had, that was like a, a you know, um, like a draft performance, you know, uh, rehearsal. And now here we are, and I feel very confident compared to where it was then. We haven't had to wait 10 years before the last replay. So over to you, yeah. Well, what's our lessons? Yeah, I, mean, I think the biggest one, which was so cool for me just to watch from afar is people were showing up for themselves, for each other and for their teams. And we were all going through this really uncertain time. We weren't quite sure. Um, DBMLE was kind of the quarterback carrying you know, some, some through for the strategies and just, you know, we're here, we got you, we're going to help you navigate, but it was a community that really stepped up for each other. People were sharing ideas, you know, with the, with the loans that were coming out. I think our community probably hit a lot of those loans yeah. before any other community out there was, um, and really taking advantage of everything that there was and really sharing ideas, you know, with the curbside, especially in the veterinary side and, uh, was key. Um, I know we have done some innovating too, in terms of 
hearing the needs, you know, especially at the front desk, going out to curbside, being able to then pivot and maybe have this concierge type of a service to take phone calls on the behalf. There's just all of these different innovative ideas coming from the DVMLA team in response to some of the, the questions and challenges that folks were having. And then just really showing up on the pod calls, the collaborative calls, the special laser focus group uh, calls, the summits, all of those things to really bring share has made us better together 100%. It's amazing. Absolutely. And I have a question maybe to the uh, the community, you know, everyone that's on the line. If you could just type into the chat box, what was your key lesson uh, from the last recession that was a very brief one and how, you know, the relationship between that and the community or what psychological uh, framework or foundation do you now have going into the next one that maybe you didn't have in 2019, uh, you know, before all this began? If you could type that in, that'd be fantastic. And I can just... Uh, share that out. Uh, take care of your team. Everything else will follow. <clears throat> Excuse me, Diana. Don't panic. Doctor has got it. <laughs> well, you know, you know, I, you know, and and I, 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 I'm careful when I start writing writing these things out like recession proof. Well, we can't, you know, recession proof. But gosh darn it, we can go to the ends of the earth to make sure that we're as we're as close as possible. And if anyone else is going to get in trouble, you know, I think we're going to be recessioning proof ourselves. You know, as a community as much as possible. <laughs> Thanks, Diana. Uh, Robin says, uh, stay understanding and flexible. Uh, uh, Randy says, uh, I tanked DVM Elite to the rescue. Oh, that's very interesting. Yeah, I tanked DVM Elite to the rescue. Yep, cool. And Leslie uh, says, concierge, absolutely do not turn business away. Be super accessible. Right. Everyone else is turtling. And actually, I'll, 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 I'll pivot off that, Leslie. That's awesome. Thanks. Don't sweat the small stuff. Tracy says, focus on excellent service. And Beth says, be willing to try everything. So, exactly. So, before I spoke to this uh, gentleman, I was like everyone else. I was like, "What do we cut costs? You know, how are we going to survive this?" And then, and then pivoting to the other side, it's like, "Okay, actually, this is not a time to turtle. This is a time to go after it, but in a strategic way." And I have some sort of updated thoughts to be able to share with you uh, around that. And I actually have a scorecard that we'll fill out together that will give you a, an assessment as to where you are today, and you can walk away with that and kind of give that to your team to be able to do that. So, cool, awesome, yep. Back to you. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And so before we get to how to plan, recession can be a super scary word. And I know yeah. you've touched on that a little bit, but how do we pivot? How do we make the pivot to looking at this in a new direction and a positive one? Well, I think that number one, um, we do have to take it very seriously. So right now I'm actually um, going and reading the books printed in 2010 that has the recent analysis of what just happened. And you can feel within the pages of the book, uh, and maybe that's why you know, my entrepreneurial um, colleague was saying um, he felt that 2008 was a lower rating because he's not reading the books of the people that have just gone through it. And you can feel the terror within the pages of the book, and now it's kind of distant history, and it was obvious that we could all get through it. But at the time, it was not obvious. And I believe what is going to happen, and it hasn't happened yet. So we have just had the, 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 you know, the pullback from the, um, from the economy, but this is like the housing crisis leading up to the big whammy. The big whammy was Lehman Brothers. That has nothing to do with housing, but there's the fall on effect. So what this is gonna expose is the weakest link. And when that weakest link blows, then there's gonna be the collateral damage. The problem this time is that we've already printed up so much money 
Like last time, you remember, it was, I think it was 800 billion. Everyone was like freaking out that that was a lot of money. We just put 4 trillion in the economy and we now have the inflation rate, which is going through the roof. So there's going to be a, a real tough decision to put more money in. In fact, they won't. So now we're alone, um, you know, naked and alone, like, like, that, like, like whatever that, that program is. Um, so, uh, so we're alone back in the, the 20s and 30s before we had this whole, you know, um, Fed come and save us. So um, I think we're alone. And, and sorry, um, I feel like I, I deviated off the question. What was the question again? No, you're good. You yeah. <laughs> spot on. And yeah. I know that you have uh, prepared some slides in terms of just what to do. So I think now is the time to really buckle down and say, what next? So over to you, if you want to share super. the slides or you just talk through them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, super. So, um, very briefly, some some general concepts, you know, that I like to impart. And, and actually, um, I guess my my um, my question to you, very briefly, before <clears throat> we continue to, well, you know what? Let, let me do this, and I want to ping you as, as you're listening to this. Please jump in with questions, thoughts, you know, pivots, learnings that you have, uh, so that we can, you know, this is a total collaborative call. Uh, Amy and I are just kicking it off, but yeah, you, know, you guys are the magic. So, <laughs> so what I would say is that. <clears throat> Um, as we go into this, so the, the first concept, as we've discussed, is front stage, backstage. So you do not cut your growth um, expenses. In fact, you're ready to double down on those. But you do go after pretty hard the back end expenses. And again, that's everything to do with fixed costs. That's renegotiating your um, your lab work. You know, that's um, your insurance. I mean, all those back end costs uh, should should be looked at in a very hard way. And number two is this is not a time to innovate new services. I think this is the learning that I've had, you know, recently, because new services take time, it takes money, it takes investment, and we might get into a crunch. I mean, I think you should seriously consider what do you, so, so we're cool, calm, calculated, you know, this, this has started to happen, but it hasn't really happened. There's going to be a moment where you're going to go, oh, bleep. I'm scared. I'm scared for my family and my loved ones. Like, is this going to take us down? Are we going to close our business? Like, there's going to be there's going to be real terror uh, at a certain moment. And so, what I would really recommend, um, and and on the DVM Elite side and every business every business side, is to consider if our revenue drops by twenty percent, uh, what are we going to do? Uh, what are we going to do? And so this is your homework. I'd like you to write it down. Um, it was a homework last time and make sure you do it. What is going to happen? And you just write out this plan and you close your book and you put it away. And then that's your worst case plan you expect for the best. So now you can relax because the uncertainty of the worst case scenario is already been laid out. Step, 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 Michael. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say you were just breaking up just here for a second. Your oh, audio? sorry. One second. Right. Testing. How's this? <laughs> test, test, test. How's that? Good. Okay. So and just a, a, a curious question for you as you're moving through this in terms of like the different types of uh, verticals, businesses, businesses, whether it's the human health side, whether it's the veterinary, is it going to look and feel different because the veterinary is might be coming off of the springboard from the pandemic where the human health is maybe just getting their footing? So how would that kind of look and feel? Yeah, it's super. It's a super interesting question. So uh, on the veterinary side, we've just had a super bubble, um, and the advantage of the super bubble is that when people get a pet, 
you know, they still have to feed it and water it. You know, it's not like a consumable that they buy and they stop buying. So the data is very clear right now. Consumable purchases have plummeted. All the e-commerce companies that were posting such great gains have plummeted uh, down. Consumer spending is starting to plummet. Consumer, consumer debt is starting to, um, you know, really escalate. Uh, the unemployment rate is starting to fall. So I would say that veterinary will have a tail on it. Uh, and then in the opto uh, world, as an example, there is the rebound demand, which is still being experienced, uh, but then it's gonna, they're both gonna mirror each other within this next three, three to four month period. And remember, we're going to have inflation that we have to think about in our revenue growth rates so that uh, we have to be even more aggressive on the revenue. And I'll talk about that uh, in a moment. And one, the, the principle that's going to happen, just for you to be prepared about, is the people will start postponing buying decisions or putting off entirely the nice-to-haves. So for example, how this works is luxury travel goes out the window and that suffers big time. People will travel domestically. If gasoline goes through the roof, you know, which it has, people will start to not take their car and take bikes and auto automobile sales plummet dramatically during this period. And so thinking through your practice, what you'll start to see in, the, in your uh, client and patient base is people postponing those big decisions or simply not doing it. So if, if, um, if a person has an eye issue imminent, you know, an urgent, acute one, or if they have a pet issue, they're still going to come in to see it. And we're so fortunate we're in that business. If we're in a manufacturing business, that can drop by 50% overnight. However, those big ticket items are going to be, are going to come, come around less and less. And then there's just this collateral effect as you're not doing the big ticket items, the lab work isn't being done. I mean, just, this is just kind of the ripple effect uh, through the economy. And of course, I'm screaming like, well, how do you get these folks to to take action? Because yeah. it's for their own over health, overall health and well-being, that they do it. So how to you? Yeah, yeah. And you know, this is I, I'm really enjoying this because, um, <laughs> you know, in the structured format, there's a certain structure, but you're kind of rejigging is from speaking with uh, these um, entrepreneurial uh, mastermind partners. And um the key in this period, and this is going to be part of the checklist, is that you, as the owner in particular, uh, or key manager of the business, uh, when this situation hits, A, you have to project strength into the marketplace, uh, which we've talked about before, and DVMLE does a lot of that for you, so I think that's that's a, a big check mark. But B, you need to be thinking about how do I increase the perceived value that our patients and clients have of us today. So this is not the time to launch a new service. In fact, it's the time, and actually your next bullet point, your next uh, empty box as a check mark is to say, what service can I kill today? So if you have something that you have and you've been thinking about it, you've been working on it, now is the time to kill it uh, because we need to go into your core business and make sure that that's really uh, optimized and good. And this is for any business, you have a, a loved one, a relative doing some other business, like you take this notes to him uh, or her because they need this. So um, uh, 
Sorry. Well, and really that that's counterintuitive a lot of times to what people think. It because is. during those times you think innovate, let's do a new service, a new product or anything like that. And you're saying maybe pull back on it and pin it um, and then concentrate on what you do well. So you know, for those folks who are in the collaborative calls, the pods that we have, I mean, that's going to be one of the first things that I ask is what are you going to kill? You know, what is it that you're looking at on your list that you're going to kill today or pin for tomorrow? Exactly. Sure. Exactly. Um, and this is part of the counter, the counter, because you'll see a lot of people, and this is amazing going through the data, that now would not be the time to embark because that takes money, time, and attention, and it takes it away from the focus. And sorry, I found my train of thought. Um, it's that you need to think through, and this is going to be your bullet point number three, what is your perceived value plan? Perceived value plan. And you'll see this on the checklist. And so you need to think to yourself, okay, self. Here I am. I, I can't, I don't want to do another service and I don't want to invest in something that's going to be significant, like a new machine. But how can we increase the level of perceived value uh, to our clients or patients? And, and, and actually, I, I really like to ask this question um, to our community, um, you on the line. So what would be your top one or two ways? What comes to mind in terms of how you can increase the perceived value of your service practice to your patients or clients. Go ahead and type it in. What do you think? And I, I, I have a couple ideas, but I'd love to hear, or what you have you already done, or what do you think that you can do? Uh, so, so, so wellness plans, I think, are a great uh, suggestion, Diana, because it creates this real bond uh, between uh, you and the person, and it kind of creates free exams, which lowers that barrier to continual uh, interaction. Customer service, Robin, how so? So how, how, tell me, tell me more. How are you going to, I'm sure you already do great customer service. So how are you going to create even better customer service? Randy, boom. You know, I, I think, I think that's right. I'll come back to it. I, I educate clients on what service we provide, attention to detail. I, I feel like you do that anyway. So this has got to be something, you know, next level um, on top of that or something different that will call them out. And I think Randy has a good suggestion, but I, I love any others that you've tried. Uh, that have worked. Uh, Lizzie says, uh, boil down uh, on PHPS actively doing reactivation of clients with irresistible offer and to those that come in super belligerent. Right. So I think that's a fantastic idea, uh, Leslie, going back to old clients that have lapsed with the irresistible offer to re-engage them in the practice and make sure that you're running at full capacity. I think that's a fantastic idea. Now, uh, I think Randy hit something amazing. Um, and it's been shared from another uh, elite member, uh, Peter and Nicole uh, at Firth Animal Hospital. Way to go guys for the share. And that is to create very short videos. And they can just be like what I'm doing right now. Uh, it's software called Loom, L-O-O-M.com. You guys, uh, a lot of you know that. And the videos, in fact, what I would say is they can just be you at a computer talking through something and you do it and you send it out. And maybe you send it out every other week to your community. And you, do, you know what? Another great one is just a, a Q&A. Hey, everybody, you know, um, Dr. Rand is going to be doing a Q&A. Send us your questions and he'll, he'll, he'll hit it up and he'll get it next week. So you'll get back 20 questions and you, you love this stuff, right? This is what you're born to do. And so you just sit down, you answer those questions, send out the video. And this creates this interaction between you and the community that, that A, wasn't there before and B, you know, they're struggling with their own uh, aspects. And so if they you know, have these questions, they're going to tune into your video. Very simple, won't take you more than 15 to 20 minutes every two weeks. 
Uh, and I think this is an example of that. I did the same thing. If you remember in the pandemic, it was serious. Felt like we needed to have a good one-on-one -on -one kind of um, psychological interplay. And I would ask you questions and, and really do it. And if this gets serious, it'll be exactly the same because I think it's, you know, that's the time that you really need the help to come forward and the whole team has to do it. So um, Randy says, uh, great idea, cool. Uh, and uh, so I just wanna go up to Tracy. I thought it might be good to have some free talks on things, Zoom about allergies and such. Absolutely. And you know what I would suggest um, is a lot of people are using Facebook Live and that's probably even better for your communities because you have people that are on your Facebook page. And so what you can do is you can just, you just Google how to do a Facebook Live. You can go in and push, you know, start effectively. It's like Zoom. And then you just talk and then people come on and they talk. And, 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 and the way the Facebook algorithm works is that it spreads that because it, it wants to promote this. So when you're doing a live, um, a live session and, and you can record it, so then you can have it online on your Facebook page. And again, this is things that you can do that won't take you much time. You're the expert. You can just sit down and you answer this all day long. And it's gonna be incredibly valuable for people to be able to tune in. And so that's a fantastic idea of leveling up in terms of the perceived value uh, that they're getting. Um, and Ed is, how do, you, how do you do that if it's not live? So Ed, you can do the loom.com, which is where you get questions submitted. And then you just sit down and you record a loom video, just go to loom.com. On the Facebook live, you can actually do it live. So you can just, Go into your thing. You already have five or a thousand or three thousand um, followers on your on your Facebook page. So when you do that, they're all going to get a little notification that hey, Dr. Randy's on Facebook Live, and they'll tune in. So does that make sense, Amy? Yeah, and I would also say um, IGTV, so Instagram also yes, has a live sure. feature. So depending on the community that you have, you would want to hit in. I would say that the Facebook, to your point, is probably a bigger bang for your buck because there's more people and the spread is wider, farther, faster on Facebook than Instagram, but it's a great form for both. Cool. And what I'd like to hit back to you, because we've just done, I'd like to ask two questions so far, because we've just been a, a fire hose here. But uh, number one, uh, has this been value for you? Just kind of quick wire in, like, is this, are you grooving on this kind of interplay here? You know, it's sort of um, spontaneous and uh, organic. So just kind of a quick wire and, you know, just let us know how you're doing here. Okay, cool. Um, so thanks so much, guys. And the, the, the next one is a V for value. What have, what's been most valuable for you so far? Like, what, what are you going to, What's one idea that you're gonna take away from this uh, so far? Because this is kind of a, you know, a little more than halfway through here and I, I just wanna challenge you. What, what's a V for value? What's been most valuable for you so far? And I, I wanna I want know it because I wanna um, really think about it and I wanna share it with others. So uh, V for value, what you got? I love the video idea. Yeah, you know, that's a simple one. And you know what, guess what? It doesn't have to be just a doctor. You know, this is again my, my bias coming through, you know, as a doctor, it doesn't be the doctor, it can be the technician, tech, technical staff. They probably would do it even better than you, to be quite honest. So, um, so it can be there. You can there. have an introductory video that yeah. comes out to your, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, there's a yeah. ton of things that you can do with it for sure. Yeah. Well, well, to your point, Amy, you know, the mainstay strategy, in fact, developed by Peter and uh, Nicole at Firth is to do an intro video that goes out to all your new clients or patients introducing the practice. And you just sit down and do it on Loom. I mean, people want the casual. I mean, I mean, th this isn't high production, but it's the real deal that we're able, you know, we're able to access it together. So they want to know you, they want yeah. to practice your team. I mean, yeah. that's what people love. It's the connection. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Leslie says, bottom line, you need to stay uh, in your client's face. I think that's exactly right. You know, you, you, you have to be, you have to be uh, really working double hard to be in that psychological uh, position with the clients. Uh, Loom and Facebook, great. Uh, Sherry, don't cut front of the house expenses. 100%. And you see, 
like you wouldn't cut doing loom videos because that's an expense. That's an example of the front stage. So everything that's interacting with your clients and patients, that's what you have to think about. How do we enhance that perceived value? And the back-end expenses, the paper clips and the pens, that's where you start to get uh, very serious about expenses. Uh, Diana, do videos in live feed and prep for the apocalypse. That's right. Yeah, that's exactly right. All right, cool. Um, how are we doing, Amy? I think we're doing great. All I right. think, we'll, yep, go for it. Go for it. No, no, hit keep it. On, so, keep it on. <laughs> no, no, no. You said you, you had a question, and then we can go to the things. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I think that this is all quite fascinating. I think before we just even go into the next point that you have that folks are journaling on, just maybe dialing back to see what does, yeah, and I guess I would love from the community, what are you doing right now, right now, in terms of something that's different or new or innovative that you put into place, maybe since the pandemic that you're planning to use going forward um, from today on? So I would love to just kind of see what people are saying about that, only because we've used a lot of tools, just like the Loom, to be able to take us forward into this particular place and space. I'd love to see if there was any other ideas out there that people are doing. Hmm. And or what are you thinking? You know, how are you thinking? Yeah, I mean, I think Tracy had hit on one, which is the educational piece. I know for those of you that's in the book club, I know that you should have some of the answers in your back pocket too. We've learned so much from some of the books that we've read recently uh, that can we continue to read and be inspired by. So I'm curious to see if any of those nuggets are coming through, shining through um, in the way forward through the recession. Cool. And then maybe just Michael over to you as we're uh, as they're kind of thinking through that. And then as you're getting ready for your next point, any, I, I guess, just from you, this is a very different conversation that we've had from what you're used to doing. So how has this been for you? Oh, well, I think it's I think it's really cool because uh, this is my passion. You know, I love this stuff and uh, and I'm constantly reading about it and talking about it. And I think to have this organic conversation, yeah, it just pull, pulls all these things out of memory. And you know, you know, maybe just another kind of pivot point in terms of what to be thinking about this on the investment side, if you have capital that you are uh, concerned about or worried about, is that capital, if, if you manage it or if it's managed by someone else, if you have, so the name of the game is gonna be liquidity right now, which is basically cash. So you wanna make sure you have the cash. And even in your business, you wanna have cash. And what does that mean? Uh, that means, for example, maybe you offer a special to to uh, um, to sell um, your wellness plans uh, or uh, membership plans for a some sort of special offer, so you get a year in advance, so you get cash in the bank. So this is all about think about ways that you can increase your cash position within the practice. If you personally have cash then this is going to be one of the greatest buying opportunities of our lifetimes in terms of buying stocks. So there'll be a certain moment where the most amazing businesses in the world are going to be at such an incredible discount because nobody else has any cash that you'll be able to buy. You, know, you can buy one stock, you can buy a thousand stocks, it doesn't matter. But, but that little $100 or $500 or a million dollars will probably, you know, three to five X itself in value over the next five years. So you and I won't know exactly when that is, but if someone else is managing your you know, financial manager, I would say that um, you ask them, what are the best companies in the world that if they were super cheap, you would like to buy? And then when they give you that answer, you see if you agree with them and you say, well, you know what? If, if, if the price of that business drops by 40% from where it is today, I would like to buy that company, you know, with some extra cash or bonds or something that's in your safe pile. 
And and real quick, just how connected should you be right now in these times with the financial folks? If if you're a practice owner, how what does that look like? It's a very tough question because (laughs) yeah, the financial folks, their um, their mantra is going to be keep your money in the game, keep your money in the market, you know, which is true to a certain extent, but the real savvy guys that I know, including Buffett. I don't know Buffett, but I know the guys that know, know Buffett intimately. They all are sitting on stacks of cash because they have not been in the market because they've been expecting this. So I would say that if you are in the market, I wouldn't necessarily exit out. Maybe I would I would take some out of the game so that you're, you're, you're safe and you're not going to panic if, if this really drops. Uh, but then also have the guts to say at a certain point to go back in. Uh, and when you go back into the market, uh, you still might go down 20% more, but you're hitting it at this real uh, ultimate bottom. But guess what, guys? That could not, like, I'm not expecting that to potentially be in 12 to 18 months. I mean, this is, this, this hasn't even begun yet. You know, we're just, we're, we're actually getting ready for it. So I would say to your financial manager, in this particular perspective, you're going to have to take control because he's just got you on autopilot with all of his 2,000 clients. He's not thinking about you as an individual. So I think you have to be your own advocate. All right. Cool. All right. Next point. Let's do it. So I, I think well, let's jump into. Oh, I lost my little Zoom here thing. Let's jump into the um, a few main points uh, that will jump that will kind of anchor your thinking. So this is very interesting, and I want to share some math. And this math isn't necessarily related to to a professional practice, but it's um, the concepts will be very very similar. And the question is, you know, there are three main things to think about in a recession. There is um, your pricing, there is cost cutting, and then there's sales sales volume, basically. So that's, you know, the number of new clients you're seeing or the number of transactions uh, that you're seeing. So let's look at some math uh, behind this so that we have some kind of facts. This is a lot that was supposed to um, animate, but so just, let's just focus on the top, top left here. A 5% increase in price generates a profit improvement of 50%. A 5% increase in price generates a profit improvement of 50%. So in other words, price is the most powerful tool that you have in recessionary times because it has the biggest impact on profitability and that profitability is instantaneous. So when you either increase your price or don't drop your price, when others drop their price, uh, you are winning substantially. On the other hand, uh, when people are thinking, well, let's cost cut. Cost cut is A, damaging potentially uh, your product and service, and B, a 5% decrease in costs, which is actually quite difficult to do compared to a 5% increase in price, will improve the profit by just 30%. So, and cost reductions take time, right? Just think if you have to call uh, your manufacturers or your insurance company, you know, maybe they say, well, in, in three months or six months, we can reduce that over time. So, so, so that, that takes time for those back-end expenses. So the key takeaway here is that price needs to be the cornerstone and, and new clients so that you're always at full capacity. 
So I would say that this is not a time to hire new people uh, to satisfy work. This is a time to fill the capacity of the current staff that you have. And how are you going to either maintain price or increase price when it feels like you know um, consumer expectation is dropping and there's more price pressure from the people that you're that you're seeing? That is where the perceived value plan comes in. So what are the perceived values? So if you're the guy or gal or your team's the guy or gal on Facebook um, doing these live sessions or via email, you're the authority figure uh, in your area uh, around that. It doesn't have to be overwhelming, just in a minor way. Throw those on, on YouTube so that people can come across it. Uh, that authority position, you throw it on your website. DVMLE will certainly throw it on your website in a new blog article. I mean, that's fantastic. It'll be more for the search engines to index, but that perceived value plan will give you the ability to have more confidence in your pricing structure and pricing pressure than otherwise. And to say this another way, say this another way, to generate the same profit effect as a 5% price defense. So that's basically saying, um, maybe people are saying you should drop your price by 5% because people think it's expensive. So by generating the same profit as not dropping your price by 5%, you'd have to cut your variable costs by 8%, which is not easy to do. <laughs> That's like your products that make up your service. You'd have to increase your average transactions by 12.5%, or you'd have to cut your fixed costs, like your rents and your insurance, by 16%. So again, the takeaway here, never mind the exact math, but pricing is your most powerful tool in this inner recessionary time uh, to be able to maintain profitability and cash flow. Does this make sense? Just quick, quick, quick Y or N, you know, in the in the chat. I'd love to just make sure a bit of math here. I don't want to overwhelm with math, but I think it's just very illustrative to see how the the, the shocking element of, of, of how the math works. And managers of big Fortune 500 companies, when they're all in a room and you say, you know, what would you like to do? Would you like to maintain your price by 5% or cut expenses by 10%? Everybody says, well, I'd much prefer to cut my prices, uh, sorry, cut, uh, cut my uh, expenses, but that's exactly the wrong way to go. That's exactly the wrong way to go. So you want to cut your back end expenses, certainly, but you need to focus on price and fully utilizing the capacity of the people that you have. Does it make sense, Amy? It does. Now, what if you have someone who's concerned about raising prices, just in general? Same, 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 same. So same. the 5% the, 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 the increase, and, and just, you know, just take some very simple math. Um, let's say that's a practice doing a million dollars. Let's say it's 15% profitable. So it's got 150,000 of profit. By increasing its price by 5%, that will generate another 50,000 of profit, which is, which is increasing the profit by 30%, you know, in that example, versus um, if you were to lower costs by a certain percentage, they would have a much smaller impact uh, on the profitability. So, uh, so pricing is a huge, huge lever, especially when inflation is always actually eroding where we are. So I would highly recommend, and I know maybe you've done this last month, and if you did, you're probably okay, but to go and do another price increase right away. Yeah, I was um, just going to ask the frequency of that, but you just answered it, yeah. Yeah, I would say that it has to be assessed quarterly at this point. 
quarterly. Um, and I should actually, if I were you, I'd put it into the calendar and mandate or even put it on your personal phone so that you won't forget. Uh, and then have everyone, you know, your key manager do the same, but you need to do this quarterly and you're gonna purposely forget because it's a painful exercise, but you need to do this. <laughs> um, Roger says, and remember that all your feeder companies, drugs, et cetera, are increasing their prices, making a cost reduction even more difficult, 100%. And Sherry says, is it across the board or is there a strategy to increase prices? That's a great question, uh, Sherry. I think in this particular situation, it's both. So in general, uh, I would never recommend changing um, um, the shoppables like the exam prices. I think that everything should go up by at least 10% uh, at this point, probably more, but then your non-shoppable prices should go up even more. So, and, and just to say this another way, if you increase your price by 5% and you lose several percent of your client base, that's okay because you wanna make sure that um, that you're being profitable for the work that you're doing. Yep. Great. Um, and Laura's saying one potential way to decrease costs would be to outsource as much as you can uh, to Chewy or pet meds. Yeah, I, I'm. I'd have to analyze that, Laura. Uh, I'm not quite sure about that one. Um, and one one other, I guess, key homework point, and and this will be uh, on the scorecard that I'll give it to you in a second. But what you want to do is, is, this is how our journey is in a way linear and, and, and building. So we have discussed, and if you haven't done this, uh, increasing the appointments per hour. So my dream for you, and maybe you're already at that, and if you are, great, you've got that box checked, but is to increase the appointments per hour so again, that's just the doctor doing the doctoring and not doing any writing, not doing anything else that they're legally allowed to do, but just doing the doctoring. If you can do that, then you've increased your capacity within your work time. Now, what I'd then love for you to do is to zero in on the parts of your schedule that are not productive and then be able to either kill that today or have a strong plan to be able to kill that so that you know, well, heck, you know, Friday, um, I'm not sure what it is in, in your practice. Maybe it's Wednesdays are, are a weekday, uh, like, like, a, like a, a, a slow revenue day. So maybe you increase your appointments per hour by 25% on all the other days. You keep one front desk staff member in there on Wednesday. Now you've just eliminated all your labor from Wednesday. They're still there to book appointments and sell goods and services over the counter. And you've spread that across the other weeks. So when you and your team show up those other, other days, you're at full capacity and you're, 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 you're killing it rather than just staying open all this time because you always have stayed open all this time. And on Wednesdays, you're only making 50% of the other days. And that's just, that's like a break-even day at best. So th 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 this is the strategic thinking that I think you, you really need to challenge yourself on is how can I do more for the time that I'm working? And how can I cut the time that is either a week service or a week um, period of time that I'm not doing my best? Does that make sense? I would say just asking a question back to you because yeah. we know we've been talking about workflow and room and capacity and just being able to do more with less. 
And in terms of the practices, I know we even talked about the different rooms and scheduling. How can you break the habit? If you know you need to tailor down your time, how can a practice owner, a veterinarian, tailor their time from a, a 30 minute appointment to a 20 or whatever that looks like? Um, just as creatures of habit, we're so easy to do the same thing over and over. We know we need to cut it. It's super hard to do it. And then we feel like we're maybe jeopardizing quality over quantity. What's your thoughts? Yeah, it, it, it's a really great question. And this is just, if I was in a room, I'd, <laughs> I, would, I would attack your brain and I'd be, you know, the limiting beliefs, you know, let them, let them get, be gone because uh, it's one of the greatest limiting beliefs. And it's the uh, limiting belief that unfortunately your associate is almost never going to be able to get over. Um, and that saddens, uh, saddens me to, to, to see that. But if you're still hanging on to those 30 minute appointments, you just got to look at the other elite members and, and Amy can direct you to them who have gone down to 15 minute appointments or even 10 minute appointments and have had even you know, the same or better reviews from their client base and have transformed their business. And ultimately these same individuals, when they've come time to sell their practice, have gotten unbelievable results from selling their practice. I mean, I, I it would, it would, it would drop you dead to, 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 to know what those results were because the, practice, the, the folks buying them saw such an amazingly productive machine and amazing customer reviews. So I would say that that is the proof that it's possible. And then, then you just need to ask yourself, well, then if, if, if this is in fact true, that this is possible, it's like a four minute mile, right? If, if this exists, then why aren't I able to do that? Because you know, the, these individuals are not overly gifted practitioners compared to every other practitioner. They just had the will uh, and guts to do it. So I, I think you're able to do it, like just do it. And we have not rolled out strapping GoPros to people's heads to be <laughs> able to see their way through their 10 minute appointments. Yeah. So on the radar. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Um, cool, okay. And um, it, I, I, I guess before I just jump into the scorecard super quickly, any burning questions so far, just kind of cue for question. I'd love to hear what what are some uh, quick any questions that you have in general like about the recession where where are we going what's going on i again I, i'd love to uh love to hear hear what you got uh yeah i'll just give 15 seconds to write that down and then we're going to get into the scorecard and while those are coming through just take us back again because the first thing it always seems to to dial back on marketing or google ads or those types of things i know you talked about it before but just the importance of staying the course and actually doubling down on it uh, what would you say oh, this is where i get hungry this is where i get excited because we, we we've been in a position where everybody and their brother had money and was spending it on advertising and now everybody and their brother are going to be scared. And when they get scared, they're going to start reducing their, their advertising budget. And so just so you know, all the how these advertising platforms work is as an, as an, as an auction. So the supply and demand. So when they start dropping it, you're going to see these prices drop through the floor. So not only is your current expenditure going to get you more, but this is a great time to double down. It's like buying a stock when it's you know three quarters discounted from its normal price. It's a no brainer. And so if you do that, you're going to win clients that you otherwise wouldn't have access to. And then in two years, when this blows over and we've all you know, survived it together, uh, then and we've changed, we've innovative different workflows uh, to help support this that are more efficient, then you're going to have 20 to 30 percent more clients than you otherwise would or patients by thinking through this mentality. So that's a great question, Amy. But, but now would be the time to definitely hold 
and be prepared to actually increase those budgets on the media platforms such as Google? Mm -hmm. Great question. Uh, great. And um, Carla says, do you proactively tell your clients about raise prices or just do it? Uh, well, I, I guess I would love to hear back to the community. Uh, over to you. For you guys that have raised prices, what's your opinion? Should you proactively uh, tell your clients or do you just do it? You know, uh, and then and that's that's the way it is. I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, as a community. Leslie, I think it is really important to focus on your top hatters. Cannot afford to lose them. Uh, that PR is non-negotiable. I think you're exactly right. And what Leslie is referring to as top hatters or the top 20% of the patients or clients uh, in your practice. And Leslie is entirely right. You, you want to show extra love uh, to those 20 percenters. And the question, you know, on how to do that is not necessarily sending them gifts because that's got a serious cost, but maybe you send them a personal video to say, how are you doing? Or maybe you have your team text them, say, hey, you know, um, hey, Le uh, hey, Leslie, but hey, hey, Laura, you know, um, just Dr. Leslie was thinking about you. How's, how's Tommy? And, and so just having that relationship as, you know, um, a top 20% client. Great one, Leslie. I'm gonna write that down actually. Uh, top hatter focus, that's great. Diana, just do it. <laughs> cool. Uh, <laughs> Roger, just do it. At the exact same minute, they both said the exact same time. I love this. This is so good. Laura says, just do it. Oh my gosh, is, you guys, you guys are hilarious. At 852, all three of you guys says just do it. You guys are you guys you guys kill me. You guys are awesome. <laughs> Leslie says just do it. Oh it's your brain, I'm telling oh you. Look at this. This is so amazing. Uh Roger says focus on the top 20% of the top 20%, the 4%. You're exactly right, Roger. 100 percent um, and Randy says, it just went up another 10% and have had very few comments. Yes. So I would say it's not about forecasting it. I think we're, everyone knows where we are. Uh, it's just got to go up. Your lawn guys aren't going to forecast it. You know, they're just going to say, you know, we've increased the price and here's what it is. So great question. Okay, cool. So get your pad and paper out. Got to hustle. Take your time, but hurry up. We got to go. Um, and um, let me just get it. So I, I'm going to talk you through the scorecard uh, first. And then I'm actually gonna show on the screen to make sure that you have it. So what I'd like you to do is basically um, do uh, your piece of paper with a, a column on the right side of it so that this is where you're gonna put a number. And to articulate it, the number will be between uh, zero and two. So that's your score, zero, or, zero, one, or two. So two is you're doing it excellently. One is you're half doing it. And zero is, oh shoot, you know, I'm not doing that at all, okay? so. Here we, go, here we go. Make sure that you got your uh, column. We're going to have 10 items. You can number them if you would like. And here we go, rock and roll. So the first one um, is going to be uh, from a, a score of zero to two, uh, how would you score yourself in terms of strategic price increases? Uh, in terms of, um, have you done the instant profit generator within the past three months? Have you increased your price substantially within the past three months? And have you done a line item audit, which means that you've looked at the line items that you have and ensure that those are fully there. So for example, hazardous waste, blood collection fees, anything else that can go uh, and be a legitimate cost that you're currently uh, having expenditure on as an additional line item, because those at volume can have a very substantial impact on the profitability. And, and cl clients and patients understand that. So strategic pricing, uh, increases zero to two. Tell me what, uh, just uh, put it in on your piece of paper. I'll ask you your score at the end. Number two, 
measuring your answered call rate to have an assessment of when your busy times are, which can impact your front desk uh, staff. So are you currently measuring your answered call rate? Zero, one, or two. Number three, um, either do you have a clear plan in place or have you already done this? Cut non-productive services and hours. So either you've already done it or you have a clear plan of what hours you would cut or what services you would cut. On a scale zero to two, uh, wh where are you on that? Number, th uh, number four, the doctor is only doctoring and doing tasks that are legally required by the doctor to do. On a scale of zero to two, what are you? So basically, they don't do anything else except doctoring, no notes, no counting pills, no examinations that someone else can do, nothing. Zero to two, where are you at? Number five, Cinco. Focus of the practice is on recurring memberships. So this is a wellness plans. This is cash plans for optometry. Recurring revenue memberships. The entire focus of the practice, that would be a two. Yeah, we do them and we're not doing that great. One, yeah, we got them, but we're not focused at all. That would be a zero. Um, because I think now the time is not, you don't need new strategies. At this point, you need an audit of what you're currently doing. That, 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 that's the premise behind this. Uh, number six, do you have a strong, so number six is scheduling coordinator. Is that in place and is it strong? And can you hand on your heart say, I have someone in my practice right now and every single day their job is to make sure today is fully booked. And after today, their job is to make sure tomorrow is fully booked. And if, if, if today is not fully booked, come hell or high water, they have done everything in humanly possible to make sure that that's the case. They've called a hundred people to see if they wanted to reschedule their appointment for today. That would be a number two. If you have a one, but they're not really focused, that's one. If you don't have a scheduling coordinator, that's zero. Uh, do you have a front desk superstar slash remote front desk superstar? The reason I say remote, um, and this can be your own remote staff member, this could be something through like a concierge, uh, elite staff member, but having someone that's not on site, that's just doing these follow-up um, calls, that's just focusing on patient interaction and communication is absolutely critical uh, in this time. So um, you either have a remote or just a front desk superstar that's running your patient communication at a high level. So it's front desk superstar. Um, the next one is, are you measuring the front desk data and rewarding on based on performance? So um, are you measuring the data and rewarding based on performance? So I guess front desk data measurement and rewards would be number eight. Number nine, uh, is your staff on a performance-based compensation plan, which is beyond just a generic kind of profit share, but is it focused on critical targets? And can they actually earn substantially um, a substantial amount if they're able to exceed those targets? That's number nine. And number 10 is, do you have a perceived value plan uh, in place today? Uh, zero if you don't. One, if you have one, but it's kind of blurry. Two, if you have a very clear plan of how you're going to increase 
the perceived value uh, of your clients uh, or patients. So that is uh, a 10 point scale and I'll show it to you right now. So you can just see it, make sure you have the numbers right and multiply your score by five. And I would love to uh, hear what kind of your, uh, you don't have to do it by, 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 by five, to, uh, 55, okay? We have 155, we got 55, 55, 55. Who's, who, who, <laughs> who's got another one, who's got another one, who's got another one? Tell me your score, what you got, 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 we got 55, oh, we got 255, what you got, what you got, what you got, tell me your score, come on, come on, we got, we got 50, we got 55, we got 55. You got a career there. <laughs> you got a career there, I'm just saying. Susan, <laughs> sold to Susan, 110. So, someone's got to get my paddles out, I don't yes, know. Yes, yes, so, someone's got to add another one. Okay, great. So, so if you're at, so Roger's got 70. So th this is your, um, and there's no judgment on where you on the score. This isn't for, um, this is as a community. What I, why I wanted to, you to do this is for you to have your own self-assessment of, I would say that this is a recession readiness score. Th these are like the, the pillars of uh, what you need besides the cost cutting, because you're going to do that anyway, you know, the back end cost cutting, but this is the real pillars of what you need. And if you are, you know, if you're probably, if you're below a 70 um, or below a 90, you know, I would look at your holes and say, okay, A, do I believe that this is the case? This is a critical function. And B, okay, what's a priority on this that I can knock out? So ideally in six months when this thing comes or two months that we're going to be up, you know, above 50 and 70% on this plan up to hundred percent and we're going to be ready to go. So uh, with that over to you, Amy. Yeah. What do you think? Okay, so that's really cool. And it's so impactful to have some sort of um, a scorecard and an audit in place. And I think for me, that was just like a wow moment of just being able to have something like this in place in hand to review every so often just to make sure that you're all on track. And then of course, to be able to pivot uh, when you need to and not to get so far away from it. So I think that this is perfection. Yeah, thanks. Um... You're welcome. I guess over to you guys. Do you guys like having the scorecard? Just a quick why, you know, or N, or I'd love to hear your thoughts uh, on the scorecard. Incredible value for me. Do you have resources on how to measure the front desk performance? Hey, Robin, we can get you um, um, an answer for that. Beth, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, awesome. You know what? I know that we're in the, at the end of our time. I'd love to just pull just a few folks off super quick, you know, two minutes uh, and have a quick, uh, a quick conversation. Diana, if you're there, I'd love to hear from you. What you got? Pull yourself up. Hey, what's Can up, Dan? Yeah, gotcha. What are you thinking? Oh you. my God. I love the scorecard. <laughs> I'm so geeked out about it. I cannot wait to just to the videos. Um, I know a lot of people think I'm an extrovert, but I am an introvert. Yeah. And so the videos are weird, but I could totally like do that. But you know what? You know what? You you, you go to work, so you're in your work mode. Just flip yep. on the thing in work mode. It's not having to be like all, you know awkward at home trying you're in work mode boom you got your stethoscope you're talking you know people are talking in the background hey you, you you're working everyone knows you're busy that's what they yep. want to see yep and i'm going to try and get amy a 10 minute exam uh video for her with a client in the room oh my so gosh we can show people how to do a 10 minute appointment <laughs> you, go. you go <laughs> you know what diana wants to do she just wants to i'll do a video one. for you if you do one for me Woohoo! <laughs> 
Diana just wants to grab people by the collar, slap them in the face, dump yep. a bucket of cold water on them, and make them I come back it. for more. Yep. <laughs> That's awesome. That's amazing. That's cool. awesome. Cool. Yeah. And and I guess how I'm are you, pretty excited about the scorecard too. I think that's awesome. And, and how are you thinking about this, Diana? Like, how are you how are you feeling about this coming up? You know, um, what, what's your sense of is your practice ready for it? Are you ready for it psychologically? I mean, it's a tough question to ask because it so, could be difficult. But yeah, so yes or no? I think I think it depends on how life has treated you and where you've been personally. Yeah. So I think if you had some lows, you know, you can survive the lows. And so you keep on fighting and come back. So I think, you know, if you, if you could, you know, truly like say, Hey, worst case scenario, I could live out of my car, not with these gas prices, right. but right. I mean, you know, like you can do minimal and you right. can be okay with that. I think, I think it's, it's invigorating. It's empowering. So like, all right, bring it. Like, how can I, how can I beat this thing up to where I come out strong? You know, I'm Rocky going against the Russian right now. And I'm just like, bring that monster in. Cause I want to just, woof, let's Ooh. go. <laughs> Adrian. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thanks. Thanks, Anna. You're awesome. Okay. Looking forward to seeing you. All right. Uh, and uh, uh, Tracy, I'd love to hear from uh, yourself. What are you thinking, Tracy? Over to you. What's up? Hey. Oh, hi. Hi. How are you doing? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. What are you thinking? Just closing thoughts. We'll do one uh, more. You know, I, I scored really low. So, I'm, you know, I thought I was doing pretty good, but I've got a lot of things to work on. So, cool. I, I, I'm so happy to hear um, that someone can do a video on a 10 minute appointment because I've been trying to work myself to 15 minutes and that it's been challenging and my associates are at 30. So I'm, I'm going to make that a focus for sure. And yeah, I've got a lot of great ideas from this and I hope that I can implement them. <laughs> Awesome, you can awesome. and you will. <laughs> I got you. Yeah, that, that's our job. Okay, cool, Tracy. Thanks so much for sharing. And over to you, Don. Hey, if you're there, uh, just uh, uh, unmute would be cool. I'd just love to hear your thoughts uh, on that real quick. And if Don isn't there, I'm not sure if he is. Um, I'd love to pull off Heather. If you're there, hey, Heather, uh, just a quick closing thought, and then you're the final one, and we'll uh, shut her down. Uh, okay, and maybe Leslie, over to you. I'd love to hear your thoughts, Leslie. What you got? Hi, Michael. Hi, hey. everyone. Hey. Um, my thoughts is we have to really focus on all those things that we've been discussing at Summit. That's right. When it comes to embracing our clients, embracing our staff, um, letting them know that we believe that what we're doing is absolutely on target so that we, because we're in a time now where we've taken a step back in terms of customer service. I'm not saying us, but in general, when you are dealing with any type of scenario, there's definitely been regression. And it's now that I'm honing in with my staff all the time. Guys, we have to act as though this is, as um, Maura likes to say, the, what's that hotel called again? She- Ritz the Ritz, yeah, the Ritz cards, and that's where we need to be. And particularly if I feel, if I hear through the grapevines that one of my top hatters was a little bit disappointed, mm -hmm. either myself or someone high up in the team is reaching out to them and we are resolving the situation. And we're seeing the 
positive results that are coming out of it. So I think if anything, we need to stay really vigilant. This is not the time to have a rest. Mm-hmm. Yeah, fascinating. And you know, you just just uh, an idea popped in my head is that that this is going to become the top subject matter of discussion for the next two years with people. So imagine if you actually take your membership plan or wellness plan and you reposition it with clients and patients and you say, hey, look, you know, times are, going to, are either tough now or they're going to be tough. And so now is the time to lock in, you know, this membership plan uh, that you've got. It creates predictability because if you have to come in 10 times over the next year, you know, you're not going to have to pay for those visits. And so it's going to help you a lot and you get to save this amount by doing it. And so it's repositioned as a, as a significant savings uh, for the patient, which it is if they do have an issue. Uh, and that might, that might actually completely accelerate your sales. I'm going to write that down too. What do you think about that, Leslie? Well, it's funny you said that because my veterinary assistant who I hired about six months ago at our wig, we're doing this whole thing on PHPs again. She yeah. said to me, I am calling the a certain percentage of the top hatters, pretty much like what Roger was focusing on. And I'm going to let them know all the discounts and perks they could have got based on the last few months had they been on the PHP. And she literally was, I looked at her chart. I couldn't believe the calculation she was doing and reaching out to people. And I was just so thrilled that she came upon this all by herself, six months in, and she's not from the veterinary world. Amazing. And you know, my dream is that you go back and you increase your prices by 20% and then you add a 15% discount to the membership plans um, so that it creates the friction for the, uh, for the, pa- the patient or pet, pa- uh, the patient to be, uh, with pets, it creates a friction with the, with, the, with the patient that they, sure, they can go and see you without being on the plan, but they're going to have so much benefit from being on the plan that it's a no brainer to do it. But that's kind of a... Um, psychological <laughs> jump to do, but um, cool. All right. Th- thanks so much, Leslie. Thanks for sharing. It's always awesome. Okay. And Amy, over to you. The, 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 the final, the final closing thought. I'd love to hear what you're thinking. What you got? Well, yeah. I mean, real quick before, before I do that, um, a couple of things come to mind. First of all, Leslie, I love that you're still doing your wigs. Uh, for those of you who might not know what those are, it's the wildly, uh, wildly important goals. Um, and it's something that um, I know Leslie and some of the others are you know, super passionate about doing and implementing. And then of course the summit is coming up. We did do a save the date uh, that was sent out to everyone. Uh, It was last week and we're gonna be sending out another one on Friday. So if for some reason you missed it, you'll be getting another one on Friday, but we're gonna go live back in action in Austin, Texas. So excited about that. And I think for this session, this this was great. And Michael, thank you so much for you know, just being open to uh, the new idea of just this collaborative call and really taking a step back uh, with the members to just be in this place and space with me today and to talk through some of the, the topics that come up on our calls together over the course of the last um, couple months as people are really looking onward to what this uh, economy is doing, what people are saying. I know you've got a great pulse on it. I know you have amazing um, mastermind groups and mentors and coaches of your own. So to be able to impart that wisdom on us has been has been amazing. So thank you. Super. Thank you. And just for you guys, like we're in it, we're in it, we're in it with you guys hundred percent and right, right to the end. You know, what's exciting is that like we're, we're building this whole thing together and um, you know, I anticipate times to get tough and, and we're, we're, we're in it with you 
percent regardless of the business like we're we're, we're we're together on this so um you can count on us and uh and we're going to count on you too to be quite honest because you guys are going to be sharing this light with the community and saying hey i just tried this thing and it was super awesome and uh, everyone else should do it too and that's what's most amazing about our community so thank you guys and we're in it and uh, let's just make a plan and follow the plan and yeah be there for each other so cool guys all right thanks hey guys Bye. take care <laughs> Hi. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> See Bye. you. Bye. Want to keep the conversation going? Great. You can reach out to us directly or hit us up through our website at dvmelite.com. There's no need to go it alone. Our experts are here to help you implement the strategies and tactics mentioned in this podcast. Let's work together to make your dream practice a reality. Mm-hmm.